All right. Hello, everybody. It's Clint. I'm back. Um, this is my third time trying to start this podcast up. I uh, recently changed. Well, I say recently. I haven't done one of these since last year. So who am I kidding? But uh, I recently changed from my office into um, kind of the kitchen area where we've got um, a computer with GarageBand because GarageBand is way easier to use than um, the software that I was using before. Um, and it's got cooler effects. So for instance, I can, I can do, do cool, cool stuff, stuff with, with my, my voice, voice like, like this. this. All right, that was fun. Um, so one thing I learned uh, out of doing this three times was the, the area that I'm sitting in is very noisy. So you're probably going to hear um, the cuckoo clock. You're probably going to hear my family. You're probably going to hear my dogs. And you're definitely going to hear me talking to my dogs at some point or, the, or another. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I said it already, but if you head over to a running thought.com, uh, that's uh running spelled without the G thought.com. That's the kind of companion site for this podcast. And, um, hopefully I'll be doing more of them than I did last year. I kind of started off with a couple and then, uh, just didn't do any more. Uh, until now. So that site's up. I've got the first two podcasts there. Um, I've also got some photos and the Strava um, events from the ultras that I did last year. And then if you want to keep up with um, my weekly summary and recent activities from Strava, that's there also. Um, something new that I added is the soapbox. So that's there if you want to leave a comment or if you want to ask a question, um, feel free to do that. And then um, also I've linked to Teespring through the shop. I don't know this, but uh, I had to actually stop recording for a minute. There was some kind of... Um, noise in the background. I don't know what it was, but anyway, like I was saying, um, if you go to the site, runandthought.com, uh, spelled without the G, I've got my Strava activities up so you can see the, um, all my little runs that I do during the week. And then also, um, the big runs I've put pictures up or as many pictures as I had from, uh, last year and in January of this year. I haven't done anything really much since January. I've been uh, cutting trees down in my front yard. It's pretty crazy there. Um, a lot of big trees that I neglected for a couple of years. And um, the thing about yards in Hawaii, where I live, um, is that they grow really fast. So some of these trees, I, I want to say they can grow like 16 feet in a year, kind of weed trees. Um, 
I apologize. I keep banging into the microphone stand, so hopefully it's not too irritating of a noise. But anyways, um, I digress. So I have not been doing many runs at all for like the last uh, probably month, month and a half for sure, because I've been cutting down trees and not doing really much more than that. Um, I've got designs on a 50 mile ultra that's taking place in April and I'll talk more about that later. But yeah, so um, last year I was fortunate enough to get to do an ultra in Japan and I got to complete my first 100 miler with the help from a couple of really good high school friends that um, came out at the last minute and helped me through that 100 miler and then also the um, the race directors as well for that one um, and I'll, I'll go into that more so yeah, last year was a good year as far as um, running. It wasn't a great year, I guess, for me personally. I think the the last, I don't know, probably two or three years have not been spectacular for me personally. Uh, I've I've had a lot of um, a lot of things happen, you know. Uh, so a lot of a lot of growing and. Um, Adapting, learning, adjusting has uh, been going on. But, you know, I think that if everything was going great, maybe uh, I wouldn't have trained as much as hard as I did. And maybe I wouldn't have had the um, kind of the angst and the the drive to muscle through uh, a hundred miler and um so I mean it it is what it is. Um I think CeeLo said it best in the uh Goody Mob song Soul Food when he said um everything I went through I appreciate the ish. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Uh this year is still, you know, it's, it's not a lot better. It's a little better than the past couple for me personally. But, you know, still, I'm, I'm hanging in there um, and trying to do the best with what I got um, while I can. But nobody wants to hear about all this. So um, I thought I'd take just a minute just to kind of explain the, um, the site a little bit, because I'm looking at it right now, and um, I, I know me, and then I know this uh, what this website looks like, and it looks kind of hardcore. It looks kind of scary a little bit when you first go to the, um, the homepage, I guess. Uh, it's got an x-ray, of a skull that's actually my skull and um it's not really there to to be scary um i put it up because i thought it was cool 
And I've been uh, kind of, well, I'm not so much right now, but last year when I was um, training, you know, every day for the 100 miler, I kind of had a pretty steady rotation of um, Motorhead and ACDC in my truck before and after all my runs. I usually don't listen to music when I'm actually on the runs just because I like to um, to hear what's going on around me. And um, also, I I think that... uh, I heard David Goggins say this, and I think that it's it's true. If you train with music, it's kind of just adding another thing that could possibly go wrong and throw you off your your game. I guess when you're actually in uh, uh, an event, so I, I tend to not uh, bring music with me when I am out just training day to day. Plus two, I mean, even when you're out training, sometimes having to fidget with uh, Bluetooth connections or um, maybe you didn't get the... You you suddenly become tired of the music that you have on your watch or on your um, phone. And the other thing is... uh, Maybe you don't want to carry your phone every day. How do I don't? Because uh, if I'm dropping stuff on lava rock or in the mud, that that's not good for me. I personally, I can't really, uh, I can't really be buying a bunch of new phones uh, because I'm dropping them out on runs. But anyways, uh, the site. I don't know how I got to to that point. Um, Talk about dropping phones from uh, the x-ray of my skull. Anyways, the x-ray of my skull, I just had it laying around. I was trying to think of something that I could put up that... Oh, that's how I did it. Um, Talking about Motorhead and ACDC. So I guess I've I've been kind of influenced by uh, Lemmy. And the site is kind of a dark color with the x-ray of my skull and I've got the kind of gothic font so it looks kind of intimidating kind of scary but um, I mean I guess I look kind (laughs) of scary too Uh, you can probably hear from my voice and if you actually know me I'm I'm really not that scary Um, but anyways so the the site's not designed to be uh, uh i just liked it that's all i i thought it was the the best thing that i could come up with at at the time i had a picture of me doing um the sugadaira 50 kilometer and it was a good picture and i liked it but it it felt kind of um I don't know if grandiose is the the right word, but it it felt kind of like I was making the whole thing about, you know, hey, look at me, hey, look at me, which I guess it kind of is, hey, look at me still, because I'm the only one here talking, and uh, the activity feed's only mine, but, I mean, 
I guess while we're on that subject, like if anybody wants to be on the podcast, wants to talk about running, then, you know, let me know. Please uh, go to runandthought.com and the soapbox area. You can reach me through there. Um, and yeah, I would love to, to talk to somebody on the podcast and not just be the only one talking to myself for however long, an hour or whatever. But yeah, so... Um, so yeah, the site's up. It's dark. It's got my skull on it. Um, I guess another thing I need to explain is the uh, there's a statement on the site, and it's uh, so first of all there's LBC DVC, which is kind of um, it's kind of just something that I thought of. Uh, there's a story behind it, but um, LBC. DBC, I thought it looked cool just as letters. It kind of like rolls off the tongue and um, it looks cool as a logo, LBC comma DBC. And so what that is, is um, live by the couch, die by the couch. And so I don't think anybody's thought of that before. I Googled it several times. I looked around. Um, it's playing off of the live by the sword, die by the sword. So... I guess you could look at it two ways. You can, so like, I guess in a negative way, if you live by the couch, like if you're always sitting on the couch and watching TV, or, or if you're metaphorically on the couch, like you're, you're just not taking care of yourself, you're not getting out and um, doing physical activity, then there's a high likelihood that you could also die by the, the couch sucks to say but um, I guess they've officially correlated sedentary lifestyle with um, bad things that make you die prematurely you could also look at it in the literal sense Um, the odds are if you live by the couch that you will probably die by the couch I mean that's just a factual statement if you're there pretty much 90% of the time, then there's a high probability that you're going to die somewhere in the proximity of that couch. But then also you could look at it, I guess, in a positive way in that uh, you are living by the couch and also you uh, die by the couch. I don't know if... Now that I say it, that doesn't seem very positive, but um, I don't know. Some people might like that. It might be, you know, hey, you, you're dying, but you're by the couch, you know. It's not like you were out on a trail run and you had a stroke and dropped dead next to a cactus. I don't know. You're by the couch. So you could look at it however you wanted to. I thought it was cool. The... Um, the story behind it is actually kind of sad. I don't want to name any names, but uh, because I, I don't want to come off insensitive, but I had um, there was somebody that a friend of mine, uh, actually more of a friend. We were we were dating, and um, one time we were at uh, their parents' house, and their dad, who um, rest his soul, has passed away. Um, 
I think a year or two ago. But uh, anyway, their their dad um, made a comment. I don't know what I was on about, but um, I was uh, doing some tough talk, you know. And there's a cuckoo clock, I promise you, would go off. Um, but anyways, I was doing some tough talk, and uh, their dad, who, who I respect or respected a lot um, and, and really liked, uh, he said... Uh, the common phrase, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And um, I was thinking about that one day while I was running. I mean, you know, it's not that novel to, to think about that. That's a pretty common expression, but I was thinking about it one day, and then I was thinking about um, him passing. And um, I don't know how the couch... Got, got in there, but suddenly it just popped into my head, you know, you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, you live by the couch, you're gonna die by the couch. No, I'm, I'm not saying that he did that. I'm just saying, um, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about him saying that to me for some reason. Um, you know how you just have memories flash back in your mind. And, um, and then I was also, I guess, and, uh, entrepreneurial spirit I don't know uh, a creative uh, energy but I thought that I was being clever so maybe not maybe maybe it's stupid I don't know I liked it so that's kind of what what I decided to stick on the site as kind of the podcast and the site motto so that's that it's not anything sinister like I, I i certainly don't want anybody to die um especially don't want anybody to to die by the couch um i would prefer to see everybody out and happy and um moving and kind of making the most of what they got while they got it um but yeah so the whole the whole site don't be put off by it if you're easily or if you're put off by skulls and darkness and gothic writing and uh mottos that um are talking about dying by a couch oh that's what it was that's what it was that's what got me on the on that uh die by the couch so actually i'll have to look up the um the story but so i was thinking about what um my friend's dad said to me live by the sword die by the sword that's always stuck with me it's just one of those moments that um that kind of stays in your memory for some reason so at the same time i was at um uh my son was at one of his friend's birthday parties and i was kind of like off at a picnic table and i was looking at my phone and I was trying to find um, I was trying to find something I, I was trying to find something on the internet and I came across a, um, a story about a lady that actually died on her couch and I think she was so heavy and she had been on the couch for so long and this is really uh, 
this is really gross and probably uncomfortable. So just a warning if you're sensitive to this kind of thing. But she had been on the couch for so long and was so heavy that uh, they had to actually take her along with the couch I think in the ambulance or they might have had to get a trailer um, don't hold me on those details because it's been a couple weeks since I read this article but um, they had to take her on the couch to the hospital she actually died I think en route to um, the emergency room but uh, she died on the couch and suddenly that makes that saying seem a lot worse but I guess that was kind of the point is like don't don't go to that extreme for sure and I guess most people won't but uh, that was kind of what made me think of the couch part live by the couch die by the couch and uh, I know that's horribly insensitive but um, I guess it's a fact that not taking care of yourself um, is not good. So you could also make the argument that you expose yourself to risk by getting out and, and doing things, but I don't know. I prefer to be out running or, or doing some kind of physical activity uh, that's preferable to me over um, the alternative demise but anyways um i guess we'll talk about happier subjects so also on the site i have got um the shop i think i already mentioned that so i went through teespring the um the shirts and stuff that are on there they are a little bit pricey but the reason why i went through Teespring is because for me, there's really no upfront cost. They just print the items that um, you order when you order them and then they ship them after. So there's no overhead for me. Um, there is a lot of cost uh, for the consumer. So, I mean, just be warned to a t-shirt is um, going to cost more than what you would normally pay for a t-shirt. But um, whatever is the left, whatever is netted, is um, kind of a little extra for me. So rather than have a Patreon or um, just ask for donations, I figure why not have at least a t-shirt or a coffee cup or something so that I'm not like outright just asking people to um, donate or whatever because I wouldn't expect that at all but if you do like the podcast and um, you want me to keep going I'll probably keep going anyway whether you buy a shirt or not but um, it would help me a lot because hosting and, and all that jazz it, it does cost uh, money to renew that stuff every year or every couple of years um, so yeah so go to the shop if you see anything that you like um, buy it up if you think if you can think of a good design um, let me know I'll I'll go create one and then um, uh, 
if you if you like your design better or your idea for a design better than anything that I've got in the store already then um, maybe I can create it up and you can buy that so um, I'm a people pleaser when it comes to uh, creating t-shirts for you to buy anyways um, so I'll talk real quick because I don't have a whole lot of time it's nighttime I've got to go to bed I've got to actually get up and go to work tomorrow but I wanted to get a podcast out so um, last year I had I guess kind of two two big runs they're they're fun um, I did uh, ultra in Sugadira um, it was the Sugadira skyline trail and it was actually a 49 kilometer and that was back on June 9th of 2019 so total distance 30.2 miles and I did it in like seven almost eight hours it was seven hours and 54 minutes um elevation gain looks like was 8,000 feet just a little over like 8,054 feet uh, that one was really nice. I had never run an ultra in another country. I've been to Japan um, a, a good bit. Um, I won't say a lot, but I've, I've been there a good bit. And um, I had never done any, I don't think I've ever done any run there, there period. So this is my first ultra, and I think... My first run in Japan, Japan. Um, now, when I was in the Navy, uh, I did a lot of running. I was stationed in Okinawa, but uh, that's not exactly Japan, and that's not exactly recent. So, so yeah. But um, the Sugadara Skyline Trail, I thought it was a really well-organized um, event. Uh, all the runners that I encountered were encountered were um, really nice. The um, the course was actually on um, ski slopes, so this was uh, obviously like in the in the summer time. Uh, it was still a little bit chilly, but um, no snow. Uh, yeah, but I mean it, it was great. The uh, food section was kind of cool. It's stuff that you're not, or that I wasn't used to seeing. Um, they had like ume, which is a uh, salted plum, and all kinds of uh, uh, Japanese candy. Uh, so no, no surprise. They did have um, soda. They had a lot of Coke. Um, I don't know if it was Mexican Coke, but. They had a lot of uh, Coke and um, all kinds of other goodies at the um, aid stations. The aid stations were really well stocked, too, I thought. Um, probably some of the best stocked aid stations that I've ever seen at an ultra. It's not like I've done a, a whole lot of ultras, but I've done a handful. And um, I thought that these were pretty good aid stations. Um yeah, so this one was uh, p- 
part of it was through through these uh, ski slopes, and then uh, we were also going through like farming villages on the side of uh, these mountains. Um, and so the Sugadara area is kind of in the it's not well it's not geographically um, precisely in the middle, but it's in the middle. It's in generally the middle of the uh, Japanese Alps. It's it's somewhere tucked in the, the Japanese Alps. So all around there were um, mountains. And I don't... So there's an image of uh, snow-capped mountains. I don't remember if I saw any snow-capped mountains while I was running or if that's just a kind of like an image from past years races that the photographer threw in with the um the picture package anyways so uh sorry i had i had to step away for a minute so i kind of cut off and then now i'm back but uh yeah so anyways i'm not i don't remember if there were snow-capped mountains i there could have been um I was actually in Japan with uh, my family. My wife is from um, Mie Prefecture, which is near Nagano. So we were visiting family, and um, it was a really fun time. We actually got to camp near Kamikochi, and that was beautiful. And there was definitely uh, some snow-capped mountains around there. Um, I actually got a picture of all of us. I I should post that if I didn't already post that on the um, the podcast site. Um, so I'll work on that. But um, but anyways, so does it all this talk about snowcap mountains? I don't know if it's really all that important. But um, what is important is that um, this. Uh, 49k I guess was um part of a family trip and it was an excellent family trip um my wife actually signed me up for this one so I'm super appreciative to her because probably I wouldn't have um done it on my own I I probably would have never even known that it was uh taking place so big thanks to her for signing me up it was a great time um I had fun doing this one it was uh challenging so the 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 main thing was you know great all the way from start to finish and um plus I was there with my family I actually got to run the last little bit um with my son which is you know, usually if he's standing around, I've, I've just, as long as I've been running, um, in events, uh, especially like marathons or ultras, if he's around, then, uh, he'll always run the last little bit with me. So I always like to, I always look forward to finishing with him. So I got to do that and that's cool. And there's definitely pictures of that on the site. Um, and so that was that, that was cool. It's been a little bit, so I I don't remember like a whole lot of um, little details and uh, I don't want to spend too long. I don't have too much more um, time to devote to this podcast tonight, but um, I did want to talk about the the Georgia Jewel 
which was the 100 miler that I did in September. It was actually um, September 21st, 2019. And that one um, was one. So I mentioned before, I was kind of going through a bad time. for, And I mean, you know, I'm still kind of going through a a little bit of bad time, I guess, personally. But um, at at that point in time, I think it was uh, January of 2018. Or maybe it was January of 2019. I think it was. Um, I was just having a bad time. I kind of was feeling like I was all by myself in the in the world. So, um, I just decided I needed something. I need to accomplish some goal and, um, focus all my energy on that and not really focus on the, the negative things. Just, just take all that negative energy and, um, make it into, I guess, something positive. So I had attempted the Georgia duel before, uh, I believe back in 2015, I made it halfway. I, I was not ready at that time. I had all, I was under trained, um, and the the training that I did was not not the right training. I, I had some really dumb ideas about um, what what uh, training for ultra marathon meant. Uh, so, long story short, I was doing a lot of, or I was doing a little bit of really long runs instead of consistently doing, you know, sort of long runs. Um, So for me, I find that consistency is key. Um, And if I'm doing some kind of activity every day, that's a lot better for me than just doing like little tiny activities sporadically and then punctuating that with, you know, some really killer, like, you know, 30 mile or, or something like that. Um, every other weekend that that's no good for me. I don't think that's any good for most people, but, um, but anyways, I digress. So, um, back to the the story. I was in kind of a, a ho-hum place in uh, January of 2019, and I was sitting at the Toyota dealership getting my truck serviced, and I thought, well, I'm going to take this energy and devote it towards um, going back and trying to redo the Georgia Jewel. So the first time I only made it about halfway, or I did, I made it halfway. I made it a little over halfway. But then I dropped. I, I dropped it like it was hot. I was done. My legs didn't even work anymore at that point. Um, so I think, so I'm sitting at the Toyota dealership. I'm in this bad place. But I had also, I believe, just finished uh, a David Goggins audiobook. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a lot. I was pretty gung-ho. Um, at that time and then from from then on so uh, I decided well I'm going back I'm gonna have my revenge on this 100 miler so I signed up in January and this thing's in September Um, and I went to work 
the next day and I, I went ahead and put in my vacation request for um, a couple a couple weeks in September to kind of lead up and then uh, recover a little bit after. And um, I just went ahead and, and did that and, and got my airfare so that there was no excuse and um, everything, you know, everything was set in motion back in January for this thing that was going to be uh, in September. And from from there on, I pretty much ran every day. So if you look at my Strava, you're going to see that I, I was only active, you know, 200 something out of 365 days. So yeah, I, I get it. There, I could have done a lot more, but, um, but I feel like I did a lot more than I had ever done before to, to prepare for this hundred miler. I, I took it pretty seriously. So, um, Long story short, we I, I got up to, I think, maybe like a month, maybe less than a month before, and I'm thinking about all the things I'm going to need to bring, and I'm wondering if um, I'm going to be able to get anybody to crew for me. Um, I had a good friend that crewed for me the first time. And I still, you know, I still love that friend very much. So it was nothing personal. But I felt like if I drug the that same friend out, um, he he was nice enough to to come stay out for uh, a whole day, and along with my wife and his um, girlfriend at the time, and now his his wife. Um, they were nice enough to come and stay out on a very rainy day uh, during my first attempt. I I almost felt um, so I didn't want to I don't want to be negative, but I almost felt like I, I just wouldn't be able to <laughs> to live with myself if I drug him out again um, for the second attempt and for some reason didn't make it through I, I, I almost felt like that would just be too much disappointment so um if you if you're listening then you know who you are and i'm not gonna name names because i don't ever know if um people want me to to necessarily be name dropping on the the internet but you know who you are and i we're still buds <laughs> but i i just couldn't uh i couldn't do that to to him another time so um i called on some or i called on uh, another high school friend who i had also uh, i guess not reunited but uh we had done a ragnar event he had invited me to do a ragnar event in atlanta when we still lived in atlanta and uh, it was a bunch of um, his new friends and then me. <laughs> so we uh, we had some kind of common ground, some recent common ground in um, running that event together. And uh, we used to play soccer together when uh, we were in high school. And a really nice guy. Um, wasn't sure. He also had 
have been going through some different kind of stuff um, in 2019. Um, and so he his life situation changed drastically and he wasn't sure, you know, if he was going to be able to to crew me or not. And so it kind of got down to the wire and um, he came through. And, you know, I, I wasn't... I wasn't expecting it. I, I wasn't not expecting it, but I also wasn't expecting it. And um, I, I try again. I had been, I had listened to that Goggins audiobook uh, several times, and I, it, so I loved having uh, my friend crew for me. But I kind of had the attitude uh, beforehand of like, no matter what, I'm gonna get through this thing. If uh, people don't show up, then I've got my mind made up that um, I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Hell or high water, I'm, I'm getting through. You know, now, whether that's the, the actual case, whether that's what would have actually happened, I, who's to say? But um, bottom line is this, this friend came through at the last minute. And not only that, but I had... Uh, another high school soccer friend that I hadn't seen in forever, forever, ever. He came out and uh, and helped to crew me through this uh, 100 miler. So it, it was a big effort on both those parts and um, definitely appreciated. I, you know, in retrospect, I don't think I could have made it through uh, without those two, um, a hundred mile. I, I mean, I know there's people that have done the Appalachian Trail that would laugh at me for saying this, um, but for me, at least personally, a hundred mile was was a long distance for for me to do. Um, I think it's a long distance for a lot of people to do. Um, it's a lot different than going out and, you know, running for a couple hours or a half a day even. Uh, it, it's rough. Um, you know, there's rougher stuff that people have done and there's rougher stuff that people do uh, every day. But um, for me personally, uh, where I'm at, th this was tough. So I, I was super appreciative of having these friends show up. It was um, not only for the, you know, logistics but um, just personally, it was good to, to see them again and um, to have them around. It definitely brought my spirits up. Um, so another good thing that, that happened with this too, and I want to thank them also, was uh, I got to see my family for a couple weeks. So my parents, I don't get to see them all the time, or I don't get to see them often at all because we are so geographically separated. Um, this, this particular 100 miler takes place in my hometown. So it was all together, kind of like, uh, you know, going back to see my family, going back to see my um, friends from high school, getting to see the town that um, I spent my high school years in and see how that had grown and then also getting to see other friends 
um, in Atlanta where we lived for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, it was kind of like a, it's kind of like an all-purpose, feel-good visit um, and 100-mile ultramarathon. So, uh, long story short, that, that was rough. It was tough. Um, the Georgia Jewel is nothing to to scoff at for sure. I can't give like a, a full-on in-depth race report, um, but I'll say it's rough. Um, I was hallucinating towards the end. I was actually seeing people and vehicles and even houses. Um, I knew that they weren't real, but they looked, you know, physically there. Um, I I wanted them to be there so bad, especially towards the, uh, you know, like the last 20 20 miles of the the event. Um, So, I mean, I guess other than, you know, the the greatness of having friends crew me and uh, also the kindness of the race directors for allowing me to finish. I was actually over the cutoff time for this one by, I think, like maybe an hour, maybe more. I'd have to go back and look to see what my time was, but um, I think I was over. I, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I'm, I'm looking at the Strava feed and it's saying... Uh, 2814. I can't remember what the cutoff was, but I think it was, I think it was 27. I might be wrong. Um, don't quote me on that, but they, they let me finish later than almost everybody else. There were a couple of people that came in after me, but, um, I finished a little bit later. So there's a story behind that. Um, uh, so I guess I'll, I'll preface this story with um, in no way, shape, or form am I trying to make myself sound like a big deal or like I did anything heroic. I'm just going to tell you right now that um, during this event, there was a point in time where I was definitely poopy pants about the whole thing and my I was teetering on... Uh, dropping very seriously, t- you know, considering not going on uh, at one point in, in the event. So I don't want to make it sound like I was just, you know, a powerhouse just toughing through and, um, and you know, there was never any doubt. There, there definitely was. So just know that, like, going into the story, like, I'm not trying to be pretentious or or anything, but, uh, there was something that happened, uh, on the, the, uh, return trip, I guess, is that a thing? So this is an out and back race, and, um, I had already done the, it's actually an out, and then loop, and then back, so I had already gone out, and then done all the loops, and I was on my way, back and so I'm tough enough to go to start this thing I'm tough enough to get you know halfway done with it but then it starts to get dark 
and I started to think about bears and I started to think about uh, mountain lions and you know all of the the things that are out there hunting at night and I started to think about my physical state which is not optimal you know um, I'm already pretty well worn down I you know I don't think I could outrun anything on my best day let alone like in the in the last I guess half of this ultra so I'm looking for anybody that wants to uh, run alongside me for you know the rest of the way <laughs> or at least until it's light outside again so I stumble upon a person so I'm gonna try not to reveal gender or name because I don't know if this person would would want that probably not um, but I, I stumble on this person and I had already met them kind of before um, I was running with another person and that person was kind of talking to this person and so I kind of informally was acquainted but anyways uh, one thing led to another and I'm running alongside this person again it's already dark outside and I'm thinking um, can you run <laughs> with me the rest of the way or at least till it's light and this person was thinking I don't have a crew um, I have not eaten much all day the, the, per the person was um, I think vegan and they had, I guess were expecting more vegan food I guess and so the aid stations didn't have what they were needing and they hadn't prepared a lot of their own food um, and they didn't have anybody crewing them so it was kind of a, a bad situation for them because they hadn't eaten anything most of the day or at least that's how I understand it so bear in mind when I when I received this information I was already in an altered state you know somewhat um having done half of this ultra and then uh it was dark and it's been a long time so if I'm messing up the details then I'm sorry and I don't mean to put the the race on the spot it just is what it what it is I I don't know if they didn't have the right food. They may have. I don't, or maybe the person just didn't see. I don't know. I'm not trying to get into that. But the point is, um, this person was having a rough time. I was having a rough time coping with the darkness and all the things that go bump in the night. And so uh, we end up going on uh, in tandem back, to, you know, back to the finish line. So... Um, it's dark. I think I think we still had probably 30, 40 miles to, to go after we finished the loops and we're headed back over the mountains to get back to the finish line. And somewhere along the way, um, 
I think we both kind of started falling apart mentally because we're going up this great big hill. I mean, great big hill. And um, it just was endless. It it seemed like it was never going to end. It was was a very steep grade. And um, all around us, there were animals at some points. We were actually seeing the glow from... uh, it wasn't mountain lions, but bobcats on the side of the trail. So, like, this happened more than once. Uh, we ran into bobcats. And so, um, I'm a wuss. <laughs> That's one thing that I found out. I'm kind of a wuss. I, di- I didn't scream like a girl, I don't think. Uh, not that that would be a bad thing. Um, but I didn't scream Um but I did get very frightened uh, seeing the bobcat eyes on the side of the trail. But this person that I knew that, I mean, this person that I was with was experienced. They had done other ultra marathons before and um, they had run into animals before. And so started clapping their hands and shooing these things off. And so in a way probably saved me <laughs> at that point because there's no telling what I would have done or not done uh, or what would have happened to me if I was, you know, out there alone. But uh, but so we made it through that, but the, there was still a lot of talk. There was a lot of discussion between the two of us about um, dropping. And so uh, for me... I don't think I really had a good excuse, you know. It seemed like I did at the time, but um, I don't think I really did because I was well, I was well nourished, I was well hydrated. Um, my crew took very good care of me, and I had a refilled uh, pack, you know, hydration pack every time I met up with them, and um, I had plenty of food. I was well taken care of. I didn't have super huge blisters on my feet at the time. That would all change later, later on. But um, I, I didn't really have a big reason to drop. Uh, I was just being poopy pants. And so um, I think maybe some of it had to do with the other person that I was with. I'm not blaming them for sure because it was definitely like a we were bouncing the idea off of each other. But I think what what got to them was um, the timing aspect. So they're thinking of it through timing and uh, strictly, you know, with the cutoff time, are we going to be able to maintain a pace that's going to get us to the the finish line before it cut off? And to them, it just didn't seem like it was going to happen. Um, one thing that I I learned from this experience is that you just, you can't do math while, while you're out doing, um, a long event like this. So number one, there's a good chance. There's a high probability that your head's not clear enough to, um, actually do the math correctly. And then number two, like you just never know. You just never can say, like, even if you do all the math correctly and, and you and you know for certain that you don't have enough time to, to get back to the finish on time, 
uh, you just never know what variables are out there, what, what's going to happen. Um, if, if, if you're going to have any grace uh, bestowed upon you or, or whatever. Um, so you just never know. And so I think the only option that a person has is just to keep going. And in the end, uh, I did, I ended up not giving in. So I, I was kind of like dipping in and out of like, yeah, you know, my feet hurt, my legs hurt, this hill's big. Uh, I haven't seen my crew in a long time uh, because I think on this particular one, it, it was like, I want to say it was 14 miles between uh, eight stations. I, I may be totally wrong on that, but I think it was somewhere around there, like 10 to 14 miles between eight stations. Um, so it had been a long time since I had seen my crew and it was going to be a pretty long time before I saw them again. Uh, so everything was just, uh, everything seemed like it was sinking. And then I would have like these uh, blasts of, you know, it's okay. Everything's okay. You got to finish this thing. And so what always keeps me going is kind of like the, the, the standard. Um, so first of all, David Goggins, <laughs> you know, I can't say enough about the power of, uh, of David Goggins it just it, he, there's no there's no excuse like if you if you follow his ethos there's no there's no excuse whatsoever so that number one on top of everything else but uh, also you know thinking about people that can't be out there you know people that maybe they wouldn't be out there still um, but you know, people that wish that they could walk or people that wish that they could run or people that wish they had, um, you know, a few more weeks to live or, or something like that. That's usually where I go. That's usually where I dig deep and um, kind of pull myself out of those low points. And that's definitely where I went that day. And I think a big part of it, too, was all of the people collectively. So, you know, my family is let me stay with them for a couple weeks and my uh, friends have come out, you know have kind of po postponed put their life on hold to come and help me through um, this thing that meant a lot to me and was really important to me uh, you know there was uh, the cost of everything associated with it and you know there's my family that I left for a couple of weeks to go do this thing. And um, there's a lot of risk of personal injury and, you know, you name it. There's a lot um, at stake. And so I kind of considered that, really took that in. And, you know, that was a lot bigger than, than me at the, at the time. And that's what kind of, kept me going so I just made it up in my head you know look um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go and so my mind kind of went from poopy pants back to you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try to finish this thing I don't care um, so uh, during during this time so during the poopy pants time 
we were kind of walking, we were kind of going at a slower pace because we were figuring that we were going to drop at the next aid station. So we were going to get to the top of the hill and we were probably going to drop. I was kind of on the fence. I think the person that I was with was super sure that they were going to drop. And, you know, I don't, I don't blame them. If I hadn't eaten good and I wasn't well hydrated and, you know, I was having these kind of issues, I don't think that I would want to go on. So I definitely don't want it to seem like, you know, I'm making it out like, uh, like they're wrong for dropping or they're bad for dropping or what, you know, whatever. Who am I to, to even, uh, make that assumption or that judgment that that's not what I'm doing. But I'm just saying that they did, um, drop at the next aid station. Uh, I kind of tried to talk them out of it. Like after I kind of flipped back to positive mode and, you know, kind of was the turtle optimist at that point. I tried to tell them, you know, let's just, Let's just go for it. Let's just go. Part of that was because I knew that I wasn't going to quit. And then part of that was I knew that I didn't want to do any part of that race alone at night. Um, So, you know, part was wanting to help that person. But then also part of it was selfish reasons because I didn't want to be alone uh, out in the darkness. But, um, I reconciled myself to having to go on in the dark. I just put, so I lay down to sleep for, for like, you know, a couple of minutes. I think it was like seven minutes at that particular aid station. I just put a mylar blanket over myself and I slept for seven minutes. It was horrible. It, it felt good at the time, but you know, when compared to normal night sleep, it was horrible. Um, and uh, being woken up after only seven minutes of having your eyes closed was terrible. But uh, if there's one thing that I found to be true, I, I heard Anton Krupka say this one time, it doesn't necessarily get worse. It doesn't always get worse. So, you know, sometimes it does get worse, but it doesn't always have to get worse sometimes it actually gets better so for me it actually got better somewhat so I was I was woken up uh you know seven minutes into this very short nap and I got up with my mylar blanket and I kind of looked at the person that I was with and I think I told them thank you and I think they looked at me like whatever, dude, (laughs) you know, and I don't blame him at that point. Um, but I went on with my mylar blanket wrapped around me and, um, I just ran, I ran as fast as I possibly could, which was, you know, the speed of snail at that point. Um, but I, I wanted to definitely get through this thing and, uh, I did eventually make it all, all the way to the end. Um, it, it was surprising to me, even, because, uh, like I say, there there was a point 
right there a little a little you know at the middle where I just I didn't see how it was going to be possible for me to finish but um but yeah so I just wanted to kind of tell that story with more detail um I had been asked to sort of explain it um because it it seemed like at the time that I had done this uh what do you call it like this kindred act of uh staying out on the trail with this other person solely just to keep them safe and escort them to the next station um the next aid station and so that's not that's not the entire picture you know what I mean and I I feel like that all of that needs to be you know out of the open like so I definitely was not feeling great and I definitely benefited from having this person with me um to kind of help me through some of my fears kind of allay some of my fears of the night predators and uh you know uncharted territory for me running the whole night through uh, through wilderness area so it was uh, it was definitely mutually benef- beneficial and i wish that the other person would have been able to finish but i i've got a strong feeling that that person has probably gone on to finish probably several other 100 mile events and they'll probably finish many more i think it was just one of it just that day was not their day and it just didn't fall into place and so you know it's in the books it is what it is now and um you know that's no slight on them um but yeah so so that's that whole story i just want to tell that in case anybody that cares is listening because i was asked about it you know uh, what happened and actually so without really realizing it I I maybe did help that person maybe maybe I've got a strong suspicion that they would have been okay without me but the fact of the matter is that we did go from point A to point B the next aid station uh, together and neither of us died so (laughs) so i guess in a way um we were both kind of helping each other uh for a couple of hours and so i think that at the end of the event that maybe influenced the race directors to let me have a little bit more time to finish maybe not i don't know i don't know what their rationale was but that's what I had heard and people were kind of saying um, they the story that they were telling was a little bit more like I had done the selfless act to um, to help another runner and it, it kind of came off like I, I, I oh I was fine I, I could have done it by myself but I stopped you know like I was being hindered, it almost sounded like to me, and I didn't, I didn't try to proliferate that or, or anything. That wasn't by my design. That was just, I guess, like the 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 story that had started. But that that definitely wasn't 
the case or that's not 100% accurate. It was mutually beneficial. So um, I'm thankful to that person uh, still for for their help. And then also to the uh, race directors of the Georgia Jewel for actually giving me the benefit of a little bit more time, which I did need um, to go ahead and finish up after the the official cutoff. So I think I was after the official cutoff. I'm pretty sure I was because when I finished, there was nobody around and they were taking down all the stuff. And so there were there were a couple of people that finished after me. But um, yeah, so I don't know. It is what it is. It's all done. And um, that one was a lot of fun. And I definitely learned a lot. I think the, the biggest lessons that I learned was... Um, for me, I think on a hundred miler, I'll always have a crew, and um, if I could have the same crew that I, that I had for this one every time, like that, that would be optimal. That was probably like the best. Um, that was the best that I could have because it was a situation where I've known these people um, all of my life and. Um, They, baby, they did know everything about, you know, the whole experience for, for me. But, uh, you know, one of them is a medical professional and the other one is uh, a runner. Like I say, we had run before. So you had that, that um, combination of experience and also empathy. And so I felt like I was really in good hands. And these were also my friends. So... It was really good to to have them there the whole time, and um, and then after uh, you know getting to spend time with my family, which I don't I get to do very often. That that was good for me too. So that whole trip was devoted just to the Georgia Jewel, and then also just spending time with my family. I didn't even really spend that much time with uh, friends. Um, but, you know, the, the friends that I did see, I also enjoyed getting to spend time with them too, and they knew who they are, so, but yeah, so that was the Georgia Jewel, and I've, I was able to finish, I got my belt buckle, um, super happy, I think that I definitely will do another 100 mile event, I don't know if it's going to be soon or, or or what um the next event that i am planning on doing is in april and that one i'll have to look up the official name um it's on ultra sign up and i believe it's called the mauna kea ultra But they have two different events. I believe one of them is a 50K. And the other one's a 50 miler. Might be wrong about that. Let me check. And there's the cuckoo clock again. Uh, yeah, so the one that I'm 
hoping to do in April. It's going to be Saturday, April 18th, and that's 2020. And there's a 50 miler and a 50K. And so that one's kind of cool because the uh, directors or the organizers slash directors um, are actually kind of uh, local ultra running um, I guess celebrity or notables for sure. Um, I, I think even one of them, uh, Billy Barnett, I think he was actually in a book. Somebody was telling me that he was in a book and I cannot remember the name of the book, but it was, uh, a book about going to South America to run with, um, native people in, high elevation so maybe i can find it i want to say it was called born to run let me actually fact check i'm sorry i'm i'm not that i'm not that educated (laughs) so yeah born to run a hidden tribe super athletes and the greatest race the world has never seen and the author is Christopher McDougal. And I think that that book, I think Billy is actually a part of that. I think it was a part of that trip. Um, but so it, it was actually in uh, Mexico. So Yep, sorry, I'm reading. I, talking and reading is hard for me doing two things at once. But yeah, so the author is Christopher McDougall, um, A Hidden Tribe Super Athletes and The Greatest Race the World Has Never Seen. Born to Run is, I think, the title title of the book. Um, but yeah, so the the directors for this particular ultra are... Um, Billy, and then um, Dr. Alex. Um, And so funny enough, uh, I actually got a chance to talk to them recently. I was on the way back um, from Honolulu. My family, we had taken a trip over for a couple days just to, to hang out in Oahu. And drive up to the North Shore, and uh, my son and I were on a flight back to the Big Island where we live, and we were sitting behind Billy and Dr. Alex the whole time without even realizing it, and then as we were getting off the plane, like, I I recognized them and got to talk to them for a minute, and of course they didn't know, like, who in the world I was, but um, I had seen Billy a couple times before in different events around the big island. Um, so I got to talk to him for a minute. I got to geek out a little bit, but um, Billy's definitely a strong runner. He's definitely a, a beast. He's got some really great times, and uh, I've seen him going hard um, during the Hilo Marathon, and a couple of the Kau, um trail runs. And I had seen him out a couple of times at a Volcano National Park, like when he was training, but that's been 
know, probably three or four years ago. But any anywho, I digress. That's the, the next event that I'm planning on doing. I should probably go ahead and post that up on the site. And, um, you know, I should probably start training for that, <laughs> to be honest, because I haven't done much um, in the last few weeks. But uh, fortunately, my saw broke today. I've got to order a new uh, throttle trigger for my chainsaw. And so that's going to give me no choice except to um, get out there and get some. Uh, but yeah, so I think I'm going to wrap it up right now. I'm sorry if that podcast went everywhere. Um, I'm sorry if it wasn't that good and if uh, I disappointed at all. But uh, I'm new at this, so I'm going to try to do as many of these as I can. And uh, just go for broke, see see what happens. Hopefully, um, you'll find some of what I have to say interesting. If you got any suggestions, um, the good, bad, or ugly, please post them up on aronandthought.com um, under the soapbox uh, page. That's kind of like the, the comments page, and then I'll try to respond to those either on the podcast or and or through the um, the comments. So once again, thanks for listening and everybody take care. Um, get out and be active. Remember, if you live by the couch, you're going to die by the couch. Um, but I hope you don't anytime soon. And I uh, look forward to doing another podcast and everybody take care.